Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and for many years I did live radio. Then I transitioned to the podcast world where I feel I found my home. I love talking about spiritual formation, justice issues, and spiritual practices. Throw in the Enneagram, movies, and current events from time to time, and that's what you get on the podcast. I'm glad you've come along for the ride. Welcome to Faith Conversations. Welcome to Faith Conversations, everyone. Glad you're back with me again this week. I am elated to welcome a friend to the podcast. It's been a long time since I've talked with her. Her name is Micah Boyette. And oh, I think many years ago, back in my radio days, her book happened across my desk, her book uh, titled Found, and I loved it. It was memoir and Uh, I talked with her back then. It would be a very different conversation if I talked with her about that book today than it was X amount of years ago. So, Micah, first of all, welcome to Faith Conversations. Let's start there. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I am excited to have you. And I really wanted to talk with you because you put out um, a newsletter. Now, all kinds of people put out a newsletter, but yours really connected with me. And I think it's because of the content, the kind of content that you write about. I think also the title of your newsletter and podcast really connected with me. It's called The Slow Way. And my husband knows this about me, but there are certain television shows or movies that I like, and he will, he knows exactly what I'll say. I really like that. I like the pacing. (laughs) it's a, it's just kind of a slower pacing. There's something, um, about that, uh, a slower pacing that I like. So even just the title, when I read the slow way with Micah Boyette, I thought I'm reading this and I'm going to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, first of all, for, for people, faith conversations, family that are unfamiliar with you, how, what's a bio that you would tell people if, if you were given a thumbnail sketch of who you are, what would you say? Oh boy. Um, well, as a writer, I am so interested in how we practice faith. And I feel like I was, you know, I was a kid who grew up in the church and, but I didn't grow up I grew up being told a lot of the things I should do, but not really, I wasn't really giving tools of how to. So it would be like, pray about these things. And, and I would sort of wonder, how do you, how does a person pray about these things? So when I, um, and what is prayer and what is prayer? <laughs> so when I got into adulthood, I've just been so curious. I, my connection with God has led me over and over again to come back to prayer, not because I get it, but because it's such a mystery. And I also feel so drawn to, um, to encounter God in new ways. I, my children, my kids in Sunday school used to, they used to use the language with godly play um, curriculum that says, like so-and-so came so close to God and God came so close to so-and-so. And And that is so powerful to me. So I, I'm a writer 
and I, I like to talk about spiritual practice and what it looks like to come close to God and what it means for God to come close to us. I love that uh, description and and that particular bio and that info about you. I really love that. And, and that's my heartbeat. Um, for yeah. a long time, I've been all about spiritual formation, spiritual practices. I am a spiritual director, um, Faith Conversations folks know that. And um, so I love this. And that's also, I'm sure, why I was drawn to uh, both your podcast and your newsletter. And just to say this right here at the front end, uh, I will link in the show notes to your website, uh, the podcast, uh, where folks can find your newsletter and sign up for it, which I highly recommend, which um, they can do at your website. They'll, they'll see that um, as well. But I thought it would be helpful for us to maybe start by talking through one of your newsletters, because they're Number one, you're an excellent writer and your newsletters are so thoughtful. Uh, and I think that's also what drew me to them. This is not something to rush through, but something to sit with and to think about. And so I appreciate it on that level as well. So let's let's start with one that you uh, put out just a, two or three weeks ago um, where you know, people download podcasts all at all different times. So they may or may yeah. not um, download this actually during Lent. Uh, but that's when you happen to write this particular newsletter that you called um, stretching toward love. And I would love for you to kind of get our conversation going about what you had in mind and what you wanted to talk about during this newsletter. Yeah, you know, I started it, I was thinking about um, Lent as I, mean, I think so often we get confused about Lent. Lent becomes a thing we're supposed to do. For those of us who are in churches that talk about Lent, some churches don't. Um, but Lent becomes a action-oriented season in some ways. What are you going to give up? What good thing are you going to do for God? Um, you know, how are you going to sacrifice? And one of the things that I have felt most drawn to in in writing the slow way newsletter, um, my, my little byline says for all the frantic strivers, serial doers and weary achievers. And Love I feel that. like it, <laughs> I think that that is so many people in the church. That is how we are taught to worship is by achieving wearily. And I, and it's not the heartbeat of God for us. Yeah. And so we come to things like Lent as another um, burden that we take on so that we can prove ourselves in some way or so that hopefully if we do enough, God will turn God's face to us and will be, be worthy. Um, even if that is not what we would say we profess, I think a lot of us in our hearts believe that. And, and as I was thinking about that and, and writing about what I think Lent ought to be, what I want Lent to be for myself is that, that it becomes a season of reminding ourselves that most of the time we are mistaking the grayscale of our lives for color, that mm -hmm. we aren't seeing 
the cracks. We aren't seeing the shadows that we live in. And that Lent is a season to invite the light in, to remind ourselves of the color that we often are missing out of, um, missing out on. You know, you wrote about um, that you'd been thinking about light and darkness and waiting. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting. I read this uh, when it first came out, um, I think the 12th of March, let's just put the date out there, right? Uh, This year, 2022. Um, and, and I really connected with it, but of course I went back and reread it before our conversation today and my life had, uh, shifted just in that little short amount of time, just those few couple of weeks. And I had eye surgery and didn't even know I was going to have eye surgery when I first read this, uh, newsletter. And so I've been thinking about, as you write, you said, I've been thinking about light and darkness and waiting, and I have been living in light and darkness and waiting, Mm -hmm. Uh, eye surgery. And it just brought to life uh, Lent in a new way. I've been um, maybe struggling to connect this, this year, this season of Lent to connect with God as maybe I had in the past or what, what was the phrase you used from your kids Sunday school class? Uh, they came so close to God and God came so close to them. Yes. Well, I was yeah. feeling that I just wasn't coming so close to God mm-hmm. and God wasn't coming so close to me. And then this surgery came and, and things, uh, you know, my, my vision down the road will be um, much improved and will be fine. Um, and I'm having the faith to believe the doctor at this point, because I can't really see out of one of my eyes now, but you know how that is when you have surgery, things sometimes are worse before they're better or, mm-hmm. um, but I was struggling with the coming close to God. And um, I have a weekly Lexio Divina group that I lead. and the passage that we went through the morning of my surgery was one about, um, in the book of Luke, Luke 10, where the person knocked on the door, knocked, yeah, knocked on the door at midnight. Um, you know, neighbor friend called friend friend, uh, can I borrow some bread? Uh, another friend has come to visit me late at night and I have nothing. No, I'm already in bed. Sorry. You know, and then he knocked more and it was, it's about the persistent friend. And I was really troubled by that because I, I just, uh, I thought, okay, God, I, I believe you are my friend. I'm wanting to come near to you and you to come near me, but I don't, I don't feel like I, as a friend that I should need to pound on your door for you to be with me and for you to care for me in this, um, in this unexpected surgery, et cetera. So it was just interesting actually laying there on the gurney. I'm having this conversation about the Lexio that happened earlier that morning. And so coming to your newsletter, let's talk a little bit about this light and darkness and waiting. And it is this intentional time that is maybe not, well, not maybe it's not focused on feasting or the, the things that happen 
other times of the year. Talk a little bit about waiting in your own life. Um, well, I'll start with the, the metaphor that I used here of the daffodils that come out in the spring and how those, those bulbs are planted in the fall. And it's not that they stop pushing when throughout the winter when the ground is frozen. It's, they're just ready to push as soon as there is soft enough ground to come out. And thinking about that form of waiting as an active waiting, like as soon as we're ready, we're moving. Um, you know, in terms of my own life of waiting, I, I, today is, as we record, this is World Down Syndrome Day. Mm. Um, and it is a day that is meaningful to me for a lot of reasons. But uh, the, the number one is that my son, who is going to be seven in a month, has Down syndrome. And he's my youngest. When, when he was born, I received his diagnosis uh, prenatally. So I had these months of not really knowing him, but having to hold a diagnosis that terrified me. Mm. And, uh, you know, and on World Down Syndrome Day, I think about how seven years ago on this day, I was waiting to have a baby with Down syndrome and I was online and I, I saw all of the, I was already following all the people, you know, who talk about Down syndrome. And I was in this moment of trying to, to enter into a world I didn't know how to enter into yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like re, reposting something that Amy Julia Becker wrote, who Amy Julia was on your podcast last week. Yes. yes. Um, and, and just feeling like I, you know, I'm not part of this yet, but I am part of this. But I remember those those early days right after the diagnosis when I felt just grief. I just mm-hmm. felt grief. I didn't know if my son would have a heart condition. I didn't know what this would mean for our family. I didn't know how my kids would handle it. I I didn't know if this if the birth was going to be healthy. And I had this prayer. And it was really all that I could pray. And it was, I receive him. Mm. I receive my child. And I think about that season as active waiting, because when Ace was born, there is, there's a feeling. I mean, I think for all mothers, there's a feeling when they give birth to a child and they see their child and say, I know you. I didn't know it, but I do. I know you. And that was how I felt with Ace. He was, this diagnosis was terrifying until he was mine, until he was in my arms and I knew him already. But those months between were, were the like under the ground daffodil like, I know I'm going to press through the soil as soon as it's warm enough to press through, but it's dark here and it's scary. And like, you know, once you're through the soil, the sun is shining and you're doing, you're who you were supposed to be. Right. And I think it's interesting because God does meet us 
in that in-between space, in that waiting space, but it looks very different than the afterward space, mm-hmm. than when the sunshine comes in space. Yeah. And, and in, even in the sunshine space, it doesn't mean there are not really difficult days of struggle, but it looks different than yeah. in the waiting season, right? Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah. Living in, living surrounded by dirt is not necessarily <laughs> for the, the comfortable <laughs> times. Um, I loved, I'm not, I, I'm a Leonard Cohen fan of one song. <laughs> you know, everyone knows his song, Hallelujah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, but you make mention of his song um, in this particular newsletter, um, that's how the light gets in. I'm trying to think the name mm-hmm. is Anthem. I looked it up. It's right? Anthem. Yeah. Anthem. I did not know that song at all, but I loved the, the lyrics. Um, ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And I, and I just thought, what a beautiful lyric to even take and use as Alexio Divina, you know, just to take, mm-hmm. um, carry with you through Lent or through a season of time that I thought that was really powerful. And you introduced me to a new Leonard Cohen song, I have to say, though you, you though you talked about Sandra McCracken singing it, who is yeah. an amazing singer. She is. She is. <laughs> and she sure. has a, a new album I'm loving that is covers oh, nice. of nice. So it includes that one. Nice. Uh, one of the things that you do as a part of um, your podcast, now you write this out in the news, newsletter form, it's written out so that you can read it and just kind of sit with this yourself. But one of the things that you do each week on the podcast um, is a slow practice. I mean, that's what you call it, a slow practice. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual practice. Yes. And I would love for you to walk us through um, the slow practice that you talk about and lead us through in this, this particular week that we're talking about from your newsletter and podcast and tell about how that works. You, the newsletter comes out first. Is that right? Yes, that's right. The newsletter comes out on Saturdays, um, which is intentional. I'm thinking of everybody. There's slow Saturday mornings. So I, I hope that it gets there in time for everybody to have their coffee and sit with it. Um, And then the podcast is just another form of the same the same content. So it's um, for those who are not newsletter readers and, or even for those who want to do a double dip and hear it in their ears. Um, I think of the podcasts that I love to listen to while I'm walking, um, things that bring me to prayer, that prayer that I can do with my eyes open. Um, and, and that's something that I want the Slow Way podcast to be just nice. a quiet 15 minutes once a week where you can be led in nice. reflection and prayer. Well, that's how I experience it. I just want to say that. And, Thanks. and honestly, I think in a world in spaces where we're all too busy or we struggle to take things in, I think taking things in twice and in different ways, you know, through our ears and through our eyes, uh, is really helpful to underline some important thoughts and ways that we can 
uh, connect with the divine. So I would love for you to lead us through the slow way practice that you used um, a couple of weeks ago. Wonderful. Um, one thing I'll mention before I start is that I spoke about um, in this in this newsletter about the idea of attending. Yes. And um, and that that attending it can be defined. And then I I talked about um, a newsletter I read by a man named Ellen Sikasis. Who talks about how attending and attention are related to the same Latin root word, and they suggest this concept of stretching toward. And I love this idea of active waiting as being attending, stretching toward um, the work of love in the world, the work that God is doing in the world. And so I just say that ahead of time before I lead us through this, because um, I think it's important. Yeah. Thank you so much. I skipped past that completely. Um, And let me just also add um, that, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about um, your writing as well, you know, it's very literary. I'll just say that for those listening that know what I'm talking about. Um, I so appreciated uh, Emily Dickinson's poem that you added in this as well. It was one of the things that I underlined and, and sat with for a period of time, along with the, the quoting of the LM Sakasis newsletter. So thank you for that too. You're welcome. Yeah, the Emily Dickinson poem is just uh, two lines from her poem that says, not knowing when dawn will come, I open every door. Love that. Right, let me lead us in this time. What if attending in love is the great work of our lives? This past week, my church's Lenten Book of Guided Prayer and Meditations shared a quote from Hildegard of Bingen, speaking in the voice of the divine. I flame above the beauty of the fields. I shine in the waters in the sun, the moon, and the stars, I burn. I stir everything into quickness with a certain invisible life which sustains all. If attending is a spiritual practice, let's consider the kind of attending dear Hildegard was doing when she penned those words. To see God stirring everything into quickness Maybe today we can practice attending to the presence of the Holy One in the world around us. Let's start by taking a breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. In the practice of Lectio Divina, we listen with our bodies and our hearts to the words of scripture. We ask the presence of God's spirit to speak. And we come back to the words over again and again, slowly and intentionally. Today, I wanna combine that practice with imaginative prayer. I want you to imagine a place where you might wait for someone you love. 
Maybe the couch you sit on while you wait for your partner to get ready to go out. Or the porch where you sit in the sunshine waiting for a friend to arrive for a weekend visit. I think of the stairs to our front porch where I wait every day, rain or shine, for Ace's school bus to bring him home. Where do you wait? Can you imagine yourself sitting there in that place? If it's soft, imagine how it feels when you lean into the cushion. If it's hard like the porch step, imagine running your hands along the wood. Feel the nails and the rough patches. Look around at the space in your imagination. See the color, the artifacts around you. If you're outside in your imagination, look at the sky, the trees, the buildings in your line of vision. As you imagine yourself in that space, I want you to listen to these words from Psalm 27, verses 13 through 14. I'll read it aloud once and give you some time to sit with it. As I say each word, practice attending, stretching toward it. Notice if one word stirs you or is louder to your heart or your gut than any of the others. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Before I read it again, look around your imaginative space where you're waiting. If there's a word that stood out to you, maybe you wanna say it out loud or whisper it, it to yourself. Let's listen again. This time maybe that word will be noticeable for you again or maybe a phrase will stand out that is new to you. Let's just listen and notice. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Imagine you're waiting in that space, in the chair, on the step, for the light to break in, for the Lord to show up in the land of the living. This is an active work of taking heart. Let's listen one more time. And this time, ask the Spirit of God to give you something to take away 
maybe a thought to hold, a sense of comfort, a question to ponder. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Is there something in these words for you? An action to take, a question to sit with, a story you want to say out loud to God. Let's sit for a moment in silence. And of course, on your beautiful podcast, you have this music that's going underneath that kind of gives that space. So, you know, we won't take that full moment of silence, but you get the idea. And I, I was listening and participating and um, I felt like I was drawn to be strong and take heart. And yet before the exercise, the practice was done, I realized it was wait for the Lord because I'm always strong and take heart. I always tend to walk that path. That's my MO, push through, yeah. be strong. <laughs> and I thought, no, no, really, it's um, right now feeling the sense of just wait for the Lord. The Lord is near, the Lord is here. Wait for the Lord. Yeah. You know, even for you as you read and lead the practice for people, what jumped out for you? I was, I was really drawn to take heart today. And it's interesting. Uh, I earlier, before we were recording this, I was at my son's school. Um, and I read a story for World Down Syndrome Day to the whole school through they all kind of zoomed in. Nice. <laughs> um, and I read this book by Heather Avis, who is a dear friend. And she and I do another podcast together called The Lucky Few, um, which I co-host with her and with Mercedes Lara. And Heather has a children's book called Different, A Great Thing to, a great thing to Be. <laughs> and uh, there's a part in the story that she wrote where the hero, Macy, who has Down syndrome is being left out. And she, I think, she, I think the, the words are the brain in her head and the brave in her heart told her that, basically told her that she deserved more, right, than to be left out. And with that, that brave in her heart, she finds to, the courage to invite these kids who are rejecting her to join her. And, um, and as I looked around at Ace's classroom and asked all the kids to touch their hearts and, and feel the brave in their heart, I thought about that for myself too. And that came back to me while I was reading this out loud, like that 
the being strong and taking heart, that, that active waiting, which does not mean we're doing something, but that taking heart is, is sitting bravely, right? Yes. It's believing, mm-hmm. it's believing that, that there's, even though this moment is awaiting, um, that there is going to come a future where we're no longer waiting. Yes. And brave in our hearts. I love that. Wow. I don't know about you listening, but um, as I've been able to be in this conversation and actively participating in the practice, I just feel more calm, more centered, um, relaxed, and um, I feel like I've leaned more into trust actually in the process. That's really interesting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Micah. Uh, I love what you're doing with the slow way newsletter and podcast. Again, I highly recommend it and we'll, we'll have links in the show notes and, um, carry on. Thanks for what you bring to the world and what you offered to us this day here on faith conversations. Thank you. You're welcome, Anita. Thank you so much for having me and wanting to talk about these things. And man, I feel calmer too. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Well, as I always say to friends listening, keep the conversation going.